Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Intimacy Podcast for the Million Dollar Man. Once again, I'm your host, Rhonda Farr. On this podcast, we talk a lot about self-intimacy, emotional intimacy. Now, many of you come to me on consult calls or send me emails regarding your physical intimacy. Here's what I want to offer. The foundation beneath the sexual relationship in your marriage starts with how well you know yourself and how well you are able to communicate that knowledge of yourself, how well you are able to tolerate how it feels in your own body as you let somebody else know you on a more deep, intimate level. So those are the things that we talk about here. Most of you have the idea that if your sexual relationship were better, everything would change. While that might be true, A simple focus on the external or the more surface level symptoms of the physical relationship often drives us batty because we try to do something different. We try to change our behaviors. But what's going on beneath the surface that is actually perpetuating the problems go unnoticed. So that is what this podcast is devoted to. All those things beneath the surface. And many times what we find is the sexual relationship is just this beautiful byproduct that begins to naturally shift on its own when we take a look at what's going on beneath the surface. As we start out this podcast today, I want to tell you about a recent interaction I had with my youngest son. I had had a long day. I talked to people all day long, so tired, all this stuff, end of the year, school stuff going on, vacation plans coming up, trying to get all that done. Suffice it to say, like many of you out there, my brain was just like on overload. And one of my kids were like, oh, I got to have something. I don't even know what they needed. Something from the store. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's like 7.30 in the evening. So not too late, but I'm just like exhausted by this time. And I thought, all right, fine. I'll go over to the store. Maybe I'll put on a podcast in the car. Maybe I'll just keep my earbuds in and um, listen and I'll make it an enjoyable trip. Then my youngest son comes running out before I could get out the door. And he's like, hey, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to run over to the store, get this thing super quick. I'll be right back. He's like, oh, can I please, please go? And, you know, I probably should have listened to my own, um, my own needs in that moment and said, I'm sorry. I love you. We'll go a different time. And no, but I was just so tired and I, and I didn't have the wherewith to look out for my own emotional well-being in the moment. And I, um, I think I also felt bad because I'd been working all day and I was like, fine, you can spend some time with me and we'll go. And so I said, yes. Anyway, we get to the store, really wanted to be alone, didn't want to go running all over the store looking for these things that he wanted to see. And, you know, I can feel myself getting a little bit annoyed. And he pulled this drink out that he was supposedly going to buy with his own money. And it, I looked at it, it had a lot of caffeine in it. And like, it's at night. And I'm like, nope, you're, you're not going to drink that tonight. And whatever. Like, and then we got into a big old issue. Well, I'm paying for it. It's my money with him, you know. And so I can feel myself getting increasingly frustrated. And so we made a compromise. We got a different drink. We get up to the checkout. And I said, okay, go ahead. Put yours up there. You can pay for yours first because it was a big deal. It was his money. And then he's like, no, I want you to pay for it. And then I'm going to pay you back. It turns out he didn't want to pay tax. I live in Tennessee. Um, Sales tax is 10% here. And he did not want to pay that 10%. So I'm getting more annoyed, like, you know, and, and I could have done something there, but I didn't. And then like we get to going out of the door and something else came up. And I swear, I can't remember what it was. But by that time, I was so frustrated. I lost it. I was like, oh my gosh, you know 
all the moms, if there's any moms listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Like, ah, and I, I said some things that weren't very nice and I raised my voice and my tone, everything. So we get in the car and by this point, I'm just feeling like a big old piece of poo because I thought, ah, oh, I brought him to try and say, hey, you can spend some time with me. And then it, it all went south. So as you can tell, I had my own crap going on and he kind of entered it. And as you might be able to tell, he had his own crap going on, right? Like, I don't think his behavior was 100% on the mark if we're going to talk about an emotionally mature adult. Now, he's a 10-year-old kid who is not very good with um, emotional regulation, and that's very normal and should be expected for children. So anyway, what happened was I got in the car, and I could tell he was super upset, and he was like just huffing and puffing. And then my mind starts racing about all the stuff that I teach my clients every day that I live and breathe by. And I just said to him, Hey buddy, I'm really sorry. Actually, I shouldn't have spoken to you that way. What was going on was I was tired before we even got in the car to come to the store. And that was my fault. And I just want you to know the things that I said, the way that I acted, I take full responsibility for that. While I didn't love some of the things that you said to me, um, that still didn't deserve the way I spoke to you and the way I acted. So I'm really sorry. (laughs) And so I could see, like, as soon as I said that, his face started softening. And I could tell, like, his eyes were, like, just kind of, I don't know, just like he was about to have some emotion. I didn't know what was going to come out. And then he said to me, he's like, I feel like you're just saying that, so I'm not going to be mad at you anymore. (laughs) This kid has a little bit of (laughs) insight. Like he, I don't know, is that telling about me? Like, is he able to read people really well? Or is he like, oh, my mom's a manipulator. I don't know. I actually thought about that later. But he's like, I feel like you're just saying this, so I won't be mad at you anymore. And I said, well, actually, you can be mad at me as long as you want to. I don't blame you. I would be upset or mad if somebody spoke with me that way too. So I can hold that. And as soon as I said, you can feel how you need to feel and I can hold that. And I I assured him, I will love you no matter what. As long as you need to be mad at me, that's okay. He just burst into tears and they, they started to flow. And I could tell he was like a little bit embarrassed that I was seeing these emotions come out. But it was like, as soon as I let him know that he could feel however he wanted to feel, and I took responsibility for my part and told him that I would hold my part and also hold space for him to have his emotions, he got permission to release in the way that felt appropriate for his body, but to also just have his own experience. So I think it's very, very natural for humans in general to just become preoccupied with our own thoughts and our own feelings when we're trying to make sense of any situation. And that is exactly what I was doing at first. I'm so tired. He's being so ungrateful. I mustered every bit of energy I had to even bring him with me. And now he is going to fight me tooth and nail at every single turn of this trip, right? I was so preoccupied in my own exhaustion. And that's very, very natural, you guys. I want you to know that there's, there's nothing really wrong with that. In fact, it's survival. It's your primal brain. And especially it's normal for us to get preoccupied with our own feelings, our own circumstances, 
if the person around us or the situation at hand feels threatening specifically to us. So if it feels threatening to other people or just a a group of people in general, it's very, very normal to go through that. But if we think it's solely pointed at us and we take that really personally, I think it's very natural for our defense mechanisms to come up. Our defense mechanisms will start to size up the risk. It will start to size up any options we may have in the moment. It will start to see if we can figure out any answers to make the threat go away. And it does all this in literally a millisecond. This is normal. It's how the brain works to keep us safe. And as we mentioned many times before on this podcast, many of you are actually really, really good at this skill set. That's why it comes so quickly and naturally for you to want to help find a quick solution when you see a disturbance in the force especially if you perceive that disturbance will have ill consequences that will affect you in some way, that will affect you directly. So the desire to solve is primal, and it becomes increasingly important when we think we are at a personal risk, usually at some type of emotional risk when we're talking about relationships. Sometimes it could be physical, and if you're in a physically abusive relationship, I encourage you to not try to fix your mindset or gain more emotional understanding, but to get out ASAP. And also, by the way, if you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, same. I do not want you to use this work to try and um, mindset your way into staying into something that is dangerous, literally dangerous. However, most of us have come to think as emotional um, discomfort as emotionally dangerous in our mind. And we really need to take a look at that. So guys, here's a little pro tip. Most of the time, your wife does not want you to be the fixer or the solver of anything. Even though your primal brain will tell you that's what you need to do. Most of the time, your wife doesn't want you to fix. And I know that's going to be uncomfortable for you at first. You might feel like you don't know how to be helpful for her if you don't try to fix it. It might feel really uncomfortable for you to watch her be upset and not rescue her. Maybe you felt like that's your job, to be the rescuer. Sitting with other people when they have big emotions also makes us uncomfortable because we don't like to sit with our own discomfort. Especially, we don't like to sit with it without trying to do something to escape it. So for those of you who want to do something actionable, as you start to consider not being a fixer, here's what I recommend you can actually ask her what she prefers. So she might come to you, here's my problem, this is what I'm dealing with at work or with my friends or my sister or with the kids. And you could say, dang, I can tell this really sucks for you. Do you want me to help you figure out a solution or do you just want me to hear you right now? Tell me how I can support you best. If you don't take anything else away from this podcast... When she comes to you and she's upset or has a problem, if you will just start by some version of what I just said, it will make all the difference. Just ask her. I was recently talking to a friend about something that had to do with her kids. And you know, kid stuff can make us a bit emotional and narrow focused. Mama bear can come out even if it's not rational. And I listened to her vent. And then I said to her, hey, Do you want me to be objective with you and give you my coach hat or my actual thoughts? Or do you just want me to be your listening friend right now? It was the best thing I could have done for that conversation. Because if I go straight into coach hat or objective friend 
and she's not looking for that, and I'm not sure she's looking for that, I'm going to be a little defensive, unsure of how I'm approaching her. If I go directly into just validating her and being her friend and not actually being fully objective about it, then maybe we make the situation worse. But also, I'm not being authentic with myself. I'm like, eh, I can validate you, but I don't actually agree with you right here, right? It's the best thing we can do is to just get really clear as we start. You can call it out as simple as that. So then you might need to draw on your own differentiation and self-confrontation skills. There's previous podcasts about this, so go listen to that after this one if you don't know what that means. Basically, can you handle how it feels in your body to have a different perspective than her and not let your opinions bleed all over the interaction? Can you tolerate how it feels in your body to want to fix the thing that you might clearly think you have the answer to without swooping in and trying to solve it all for her? Can you confront your own motives and why it feels so difficult to let her have her moods without taking them out on and without taking them on for yourself? Let her have her emotions. Those are hers. You can love her, you can listen to her, but you don't have to take them on for you. When her frustrations seem to be a direct result of something you did or something you said, this is going to get a little bit more tricky, like we mentioned earlier. I know you don't want to be the source or the target of her frustrations. Intense emotions can be taxing for all of us. Sometimes it feels easier to just avoid the whole thing altogether, right there with you. This is where your unconscious bias might tell you to immediately find the solution and hopefully you're going to be able to negate the impending discomfort. Often we do that unconsciously, myself included. If that were going to work, this whole thing would be easy, right? Oh, let's just negate all of this and we'll sweep it under the rug and then it'll just disappear and everybody forgets it and it never comes back up again. (laughs) If that would work, awesome. But it usually just makes things worse when we try to do that. When you try to avoid all the emotions by quickly extinguishing them or ignoring them, it often makes the situation even more heated and can lead to even more disconnect in the marriage overall. So then this uh, frustration, this disconnect in this one area bleeds all over other areas of the marriage. Some of you are also afraid to voice your perspective or your concerns because you're afraid to handle her emotional responses when it comes to things that you have a desire for. That might be a topic for a different day, but the underlying cause is still there. It's still the same. You don't want to or don't know how to handle uncomfortable emotions when you bring something up to her that you think is important. When you try to stuff your own perspectives in an attempt to manage her emotions, you'll both likely feel more disconnected and have more frustration toward each other. And most importantly, it just doesn't work anyway. One of my clients often reminds me, and he laughs every time he does, remember when you called me out and you told me that I'm not that powerful? Remember you told me I'm not powerful enough to control her emotions? It's true. None of us are that powerful. We think that we can tiptoe around long enough or we can word it just right or we can fix it up in this way and it will control how the other person feels. None of us are that powerful. We can hear her. We can see her. We can stay present with her while she has her thoughts and feelings. We can share our love for her and hopefully when the timing is appropriate, also share our own thoughts and feelings. But we cannot dictate 
how she will feel. It just doesn't work. And that is intimacy, my friends. When we can tolerate how it feels to let the other person express what they're going through instead of trying to solve everything so we can bypass uncomfortable emotions, that is how we really get to know each other. This is connection. And once we've created some of that connection and presence with them, they really might appreciate some practical help later. That is possible. You certainly could ask them. You could say, hey, thanks for sharing that with me. To be honest, it was really hard for me to hear. And it was hard for me to feel the emotion of what you're going through. Just let her know. Listen, I'm learning. This is new for me. I'm learning to stay present with you. And then you could ask if it would be helpful at some point. I'd also be happy to help you troubleshoot. Is that something you'd like? Or do you just need me to listen and be with you? Do you need me to hold you? Now, (laughs) pause the podcast. Rewind it. Listen to that again. Practice this dialogue and the one that we went through before. Asking, Do you want me to be objective and try to be a problem solver here? Or do you want me to listen and just be with you? After you have done what she has asked, if if she wants you to just listen, hold her, be with her, then you can ask more questions. I love you. I'm practicing here. I'm trying to be present with you. Would it be helpful if at some point I also tried to help you troubleshoot and problem solve? Do you want that? Call the elephant out in the room. If something's making you uncomfortable, you guys, you can say that. Oh, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. I just really want to tell you how I see it or what I think might help you right now. But if that's not helpful, I can hold that for a moment. I can hold your emotions for a moment, just like with my son in the car. It is one of the greatest gifts you can give her. And I want to offer, it's also one of the greatest gifts you give yourself because what you're doing is you're allowing her to truly be known. And you're creating a deeper form of intimacy that will support and become a stronger foundation for the other types of intimacy in your marriage. Practice being present and listening without giving in to that urge to just bypass and avoid all the emotions by solving everything. When she says, you never listen to me. You don't support me. (laughs) Stop trying to do it your way. Listen, my men, I know you're actually trying to help her. I get that. But if she feels more frustrated with you than grateful, maybe just try some of the things that we discussed today. All right, guys. And the next podcast I have coming out probably next week, I'm going to be discussing what it's like to work with me in my one-on-one programs. I've had a lot of email and some other inquiries about what's that like, what's the pricing, how long do we work together. So look for that podcast coming out next week if you want to know more information about what it's like to work with me one-on-one. And as always, you can get on my calendar in the meantime to learn more for your unique situation. Bye, guys. 